Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, J.D. Fuller. I'm Susie Younger. An African-American licensed psychotherapist. I'm also a licensed therapist. We talk about the isms. We talk about the phobias. Anything that marginalizes and oppresses. As a white woman, I ask the questions white people are too afraid to ask. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through a mental health lens, Susie and I will have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists, and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe, but the truth lives in the body, and that's where change occurs. Are you ready to change the narrative? Barbara Rose, M.A., is an age activist, a teacher, a painter, a poet, an author, and my mother. She has published over 13 books and won a National Library Award for her poetry. She's appeared on the Today Show, The Talk, E.T., and Annie Cohen's Watch What Happens Live, just to name a few. She is a founder of agemarch.org, the first age march in history to celebrate age pride. She happens to be 85 and is just starting her career. Welcome. Welcome, Mom. Oh, God, thank you. The best part of the whole thing is when you said I'm a mother. I mean, I could cry right now, seriously. Because all the other stuff, okay, we all do things in life, you know. Like I said, Susie, I'm not a household name yet. (laughs) But I really love that you and J.D. want me on the show today. Because I'm your mother and very proud of it. Thank you, and I'm very proud of you. Let me ask you, what do you take pride in most in your life? seriously being a mother that is not an easy thing to do in fact i think mother's day should be changed to daughter's day because you know they think mothers are wise because they gave birth not true the daughters are ahead of them in another generation and i'm able through you to see my mirror, to see my past and the past generation and figure it all out and obsess over it and what a bad mother I was at times and and then to be in your generation. So in answer to your question, being a mother means more than a Pulitzer Prize. (laughs) I thought I wouldn't mind that. Okay, so thank you for all of that. And I love you too. That was your love letter to me. If you could change anything, what would it be? If I could change anything just off the top of my head, I would have definitely, definitely stayed married when you when you girls were young. Why? Even though though I don't particularly believe in marriage. Um, Why? Because I would have learned from it. I and my girls, mostly you, my daughter, would have been much more secure. There's so many reasons why. But, you know, I truly believe that at that time, whether you had stayed in the marriage or not, you weren't ready. And so it actually would have caused more harm than good, not only to us, me and my sister, but to you. Because at that time, you're not who you weren't who you are now. 
Um, part of that is true. Part of that is true. Also, I'm from a generation where women were defined by marriage and marriage was supposed to be. And it's a new generation now, thank God, where we have many options and choices, thus many within our own self. But but answering your question, when I look back, and if I'm at the gates of heaven, and there was that question came to me, I would say that because I picture that you and your sister like little girls. And I I was just like like a ball bouncing down a hill, you know, or a feather floating and not knowing where to land. I, I appreciate wanting to say something. Well, I just, I just appreciate that honesty. I think that's not easy to admit. So I, I appreciate the honesty. It's your truth. Nobody can tell you what your truth is. Thank you. It, it's taken 40 years of therapy and journeys into my subconscious with tears to, you know, come to new, Thing. So, so what I'm, Susie's addressing me now, and what interests me, excuse me, I'm coughing, <coughs> but I think there's too many mothers, the role of mother, they think that they have this power of knowledge and wisdom that always isn't true. It really isn't. I mean, let's face it. Susie, you were more the mother and I was more the child. You mothered me beautifully through life. <laughs> and for those mothers out there who are listening, some of them who I think are honest as, as women, independent women, maybe will feel that also. It's not being, it's not a Hallmark reading card. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. No, it's yeah. In psychology, we call that the parenthesized ch uh, parent child, right? Yeah. yeah. So, what did I say? Parenthesized. <laughs> well, there's so many young girls that I talk to, and then I meet in some of my classes, and they are all dewy-eyed, you know, about love, marriage, and the baby carriage. Well, I'm not putting that down. God knows, some people live with it beautifully, but so many women have not even examined themselves who they are and what they want and suddenly they're pregnant and they give birth and all that goes somewhere else and they just become the role of motherhood when there's so much else so sort of sidecar to that what yeah. do you tell younger people the art to aging well is the art to aging well the art to aging well, in my opinion, at 85, is not to have an art to aging, not to think about age, not to get over it, for God's sakes. Live, live your life, live who you are. There's too much emphasis, in my opinion, on age, on number, on, quote, youth. I, I mean, all ages whether you're 20 or 95, to age well, I think is to have insight into yourself and compassion for others. Don't buy into this, quote, anti-age movement that's, that's on 24 hours a day. If I hear 
I just hope I don't die with the TV going on, Susie, where they're advertising, you know, the melon. What's her name? Cindy Crawford with all the melons patting her skin. And then you're on a farm in France and they're getting just they're slicing the right melons because, oh, my God, you might get a line, you know. Oh God! Uh, it's terrifying. It's just terrifying. You can't. You can't do better than that, Suze. <laughs> it's very true. Okay. Well, speaking of age, I know this uh, is thing really, really important to you. What inspired you to create the Age March? What inspired me originally is when I felt and experienced age discrimination, and if you. Re- Call, I was 49 years old. Oh, no, I was sorry. I was in my early 30s when I went to college for the first time. I was a single mother. And I had to wear um, a Velcro name tag that said reentry woman. And so help me God, I was segregated into a group of women they considered older ladies getting hobbies And I resented that. And then when I graduated from grad school and I had published my first novel, I had just turned 50. And I don't know if you remember that, but I I was told by the uh, publicist at, I forget what, oh, it was William Morrow at the time, that I was, quote, too old for publicity, I'd have to change my name. I begged the chairman of the creative writing department for a tenured position. And he said at the time, he was such a pill too. I remember him, he had a big red nose and squinting nasty eyes. And I remember he said to me, oh no, you're too old for tenure, you're 50. No, you're too old. But we'll let you teach here on the campus independently, which you know I did for so many years. Now I'm angry that I didn't sue them. (laughs) I really am. There's more people I want to sue when I get to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let me ask you, what do you know now that you wish you had known sooner? Oh, my God. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) everything. One of the things, well, I also know that it wasn't as hard as I had thought it was. If you want something and you feel it instinctively, even, no matter how insecure you are or frail your ego is, you can have it if you pursue it. If you stay on your path of dreams and you don't get off, you can have it. You've actually taught um, me that. Yeah. But I guess what I have, what I know now, and I didn't know then, is that living life is truly, truly glorious. Now, I hope I don't sound like to vomit. You know, someone's saying, oh, my God, she's saying this and that. But it is. And it can be little moments. You don't have to publish books. And it can be a moment like I'm lucky enough to have right now where I have this fabulous, beautiful daughter who cares enough. She and JD that they asked me to just 
rant as much as I wanted on this show about being a mother. Well, speaking of that ranting, what is your biggest regret? (laughs) My biggest regret? Oh, I have so many of them. That's the trouble. But since the show, this show is about mothers and daughters, my biggest regret is that I didn't embrace my mother when she was alive. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go to her and say, you know, I really don't like the way you are (laughs) and the way you've treated me. Can we talk about it? Mm -hmm. You know, we're from different generations, mother. You know, I really regret that because no matter how difficult your relationship may be or had been with a mother, um, or a daughter, or 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 a loved one, when you really, when you reach a certain point, you can see like you're on top of one mountain. There's many more to climb, by the way, but if you're on the top of one mountain and you look back, you can see so clearly. Mm. So I guess that's my big regret, and and the biggest regret next to that. If you want to know the truth, the honest truth, the honest truth is that I wasn't more present as a mother when you were little and growing up to give that guidance and that love Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how. I really regret that. So every moment we have now is so meaningful to me, even though it doesn't have then with it does that make any sense thank you for saying that it's true make me cry getting a little teary (laughs) (laughs) what do you want me to know about you that i don't know that i love you and that i truly I'm going to cry that I truly admire you as a person, as a woman, as a podcaster, as a therapist. I just, but the essence of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking at JD. (laughs) It's sweet. It's sweet. I thought you said when you said that I love you, I was like, she knows that. But then you elaborated, which is beautiful. (laughs) Same to you. So what do you have planned in the future? That's so interesting, that question, because most people, when you're 85, they don't think you have a future. And they really, I don't think they're conscious or they mean to be that way, but that includes doctors, the medical profession, uh, friends, friends. Friends who are much younger, I have many friends who I I don't care about the age. They're in their 20s and 40s, but they kind of get that baby talk tone to them. Or they'll say things to me like, I'm working on two more book projects right now. And sure, I'm kind of hoping it'll hurry up so I won't be posthumous forever. But they kind of say things like, rest on your laurels or maybe Maybe a wonderful cruise would be wonderful. Oh, 
you know, things like that. Or wouldn't it be nice if you met someone and you could live in the country, you know, things like that. Like you don't have a future. I feel we have a future every day we breathe. And I feel that purpose is the key to longevity. Even people who are, who know that they have a short time, what would you call that? They're in, um, like my, my cancer group at uh, Shanti, for example, we've lost three in the group. These are women with stage four cancer. But even the ones we lost in the past couple years, until the last day, I have their emails. They were writing, they were planning, they were hoping for a better day the next day. And then they were gone. And that to me is everything. There, there is always a future. Well, even in you saying that, that is you. Uh, that is what people feel connected to you for, which is the exact thing you're talking about, which is hope and purpose and a community. You provide that for them. And so you need to know that, that you create that connection and that meaning in their lives. Well, we all connect with each other. It's not about getting awards. To me, it's not about holding up a book. I know how you can age. It's not about this or not about that. It's so much more. That's all the peripheral stuff. It's so much more than that. Now, that's not to say that my legs don't hurt and I'm drinking pickle juice <laughs> at night. And that's not to say I just came from the ophthalmologist and I don't know whether one eye is going south or north. I'm so dilated. You know, that's not to say I wasn't diagnosed this year with Mac lung disease, but I refuse to go for the, the antibiotics and procedures because I do believe, you know, mind, spirit, uh, music, uh, art, your own creativity can heal mostly mostly your relationships with your loved ones. Yeah. Um, Barb, wait, can I jump in? Can I jump in, Suze? Speaking, of your, speaking of your artwork, I just love what you post all the time. And Thank you. Just, yeah, do these just come to you? Actually, I have one, which I'm really honored to have. Oh. But, but do these just come to you or do you plan them? How, how do, it just looks like it just is so oh, natural. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. I do believe everyone is an artist, but my, mine started early. And the answer to your question, over the years, I became very interested in painting women and dresses. And um, I love the, the loose line, nothing really too perfect. I color outside of the lines. And so over the years, they became more my signature, but they've always been that way. And I don't plan them at all. I don't like right now I'm dying to play, to paint um, summer flowers or spring flowers, just big abstract gardens that, you know, because then I hear the music behind them too. So thank you for that because I love yeah, painting. I like it better than writing, if you want to know the truth. Wow. My dream is to make enough money, which will and maybe in the next slide, that I can just paint and write poetry and, and forget the, the, 
the industry business and all of that. Mm. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Where can people sign up for Age March? Well, thank you for that because we just the past month, hundreds have signed up. It's free. You go to agemarch.org. Agemarch is one word. Agemarch.org. You sign up. Your name goes on the database, which means when I have the second virtual Age March Part 2, those on the database will be notified. And if you want to see the first virtual Age March in history, go to YouTube. It's Age March slash 2021. And there's way over 200,000 views on it right now. And, and subscribers are going now too. And this is without any promotion or anything. It's just really going word of mouth. And you will see me and JD on there too. Absolutely. Two stars. Um, Barbara, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing the art of aging. It's so important for people to hear from people who have walked the path and tell us how they walked it. And it seems that you've walked it well in spite of everything that's been challenging for you. And it's so lovely to have you on. I have another question for you, which is- Thank you. Um, how, of course, anytime. How would you change the narrative? Well, actually you're changing the narrative. So how do you consider yourself changing the narrative in terms of aging? Well, I, I consider myself, and hopefully others will feel it, is be yourself. If you want to wear boots to the navel and you're 95 and you can walk, wear them. You know what I mean? If you want to wear a silly hat to cover a bad hair day, wear it. There's no such thing as age appropriate. There's everything about being age inappropriate. And that's what I'm hoping to do to change the narrative. Stop listening to people and looking at those blown up faces on TV and thinking, oh, I want to I want to go get my melon in France and change my look. Oh, my God, I could be sued. Susie, I'm going to give you the final word with your mom. But first, I want to thank J.D. for having me on because, J.D., I love your podcast. Change the narrative is important. And everyone I know in San Francisco is talking about it because I send all my colleagues the links. Thank and, you so and I tell them it's wonderful. And Kevin does such a great, fabulous job, too. Well, I, I am productions. I am productions. I am productions. I am music. Yes. I, I, am I am music. I'm making up a new name. I am music. I, <laughs> heck I, I, We're gonna have to I edit love that. that. I am age. <laughs> I am the I age am lady. Music. Go ahead, Susie. Oh, mom, thank you so much for coming on. And what Thank you was really meaningful. And I, I love you so much. And I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. So keep doing what you're doing. I will. Enough with the love. We'll be yelling at each other soon <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> with this normal mother and daughter, I feel the same. And thank you. Uh -huh. Thank I am team everyone. Good. Wow, I finally got on change the narrative. So yeah, let's change the narrative. <laughs> oh, Bye. God. JD and I will.
want to thank our fabulous producers at I Am Music Group. And for all of you out there who want to do your own podcast, go to IamMusicGroup.com and the team will hit you back. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with J.D. Fuller.